Hello, fellow Xbox adventurers. Welcome to this week's episode of Xbox Quest, Gotham City's number one Xbox podcast and home for all news, reviews, and segments on the world of Xbox. On this week's show, we'll discuss Cyberpunk being delayed, new Crash Bandicoot game, Suicide Squad, Batman game, Rocksteady, all these question marks, and Mixer is dead and buried. It's gone forever. Uh, today, I'm joined, as always, by the inventor of the DDT himself, Jake Burden. You got it! You gotta be kidding me! You, are you kidding me? That, I, I see, I, I see the ghost and Jarvis. Jake the Snake Roberts. It is I, Jake. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I'm uh, just taking care of my pet snake, Damien. Um, having a good time, you know. You know how terrifying that is? Like, as a kid, I was a little young to watch um, Jake the Snake in his prime. But just the idea of someone actually having a live snake, I wouldn't want to wrestle that guy. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get bit. Yeah, just commune with the spirits and ask Macho Man, who was literally bit for an excessive amount of time. And it did not let go of him. And they had to, like, panic on the spot. Definitely a thing that happened. Look it up. It's terrifying. Didn't he want to get bit? And then it was like, oh, it's not letting go now? Oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. It was like, oh, we're going to take it to the next level. Snake's actually going to bite somebody. And they were like, now he's going to let go. <laughs> no, he's All not. Right. All right, Damien, could you please release? You're being a terrible actor right now. And then he was like, ah, guys, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a snake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. kind of what I do, homie. <laughs> I'm going to bite this dude. It's wild. But anyway. you know, it was all right though, because because we shared names. He was always uh, he was always a good guy to me. Yeah, I bet you got Jake the Snake as a kid, right? All the time. Fantastic, really creative. That's what I would told those eight year olds. Good job, guys. That was great. That was great. Much preferred over what I get now. And I'm not even gonna say it because I don't want to encourage anybody. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it out. <laughs> but anyways, so we have uh, we already know who we are because we did that last week. Uh, but some of the news, I guess we'll go ahead and get right into it. Um, actually, you know what? We're going to go ahead and switch to, uh, go to the listener question because it kind of will feed into the news co- uh, topics that we uh, that we cover today. But this is um, in from – how do you say this again? Say it for me, Jake. This is Insipid Ghost, Insipid a Twitter Ghost. user. Yes, he is the host of the Xbox Expansion Pass <laughs> podcast, which is a really cool podcast. He was He was real nice on Twitter down to, you know, he likes Xbox like us, and he's doing a big-time podcast. So thanks for the for the write-in. Um, he says, I'm excited by any Batman news. Oh, I asked him, you know, how he felt about the, the news this week, which we're about to get into the, to the, the news questions and such. He's ex- excited about any Batman news, um, which we're going to go over Rock City being confirmed to be making a Suicide Squad and Batman games getting uh, registered and all that. Um, he's nervous about where to stream because he primarily uses Mixer, so that's going to be interesting to talk about because there's a lot of people who only use Mixer. So now they're all going to have to figure out what to do from now on. Um, he said EA Play was well-produced but unnecessary. And I would say for about all but two of those announcements, he's 100% correct. Uh, great to see them support Switch, though. So thank you, Insipid Ghost, for your write-in. We will go through all this stuff as we talk about the news. Uh, first, we're going to start with 
Cyberpunk 2077 being delayed to November 19th. It's a very interesting date. Uh, a little more information on that is, of course, it's be, it's being delayed. Um, there, it will work on the next gen consoles, and then there will be a full upgrade to the next gen consoles in early 2021. I mean, I guess yep. I'll get your your feelings on this, but I have a feeling this November 19th date might be kind of important. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm I am never mad at a delay for a game. I mean, I am I am immediate reaction mad for about two seconds, but then I go, no, you know what? This is good. We don't want, you know, so many examples of games that launch so badly and we have to make excuses for them because we want to like them. And anytime a game takes the chance to not do that, I will always support it. And, uh, as long as it's for a good reason, and they're still working on it. And also, you know, if, if it's in the name of trying to not, you know, kill their developers, trying to make it by a certain date, then again, I'm on that team. So, uh, you know, and then it's a, a little closer to the, uh, to the next gen for when it'll be coming out for holiday. And that would have given me concern at some point if they hadn't already talked about smart delivery and the fact that you're, you know, you're getting the free upgrade anyway from the, uh, from one gen to the next. So it doesn't really make a difference. You, you'll have the option to play it on both and only pay for it the one time. So it's not like it's making you make some big decision. So I'm, uh, I'm with it. Do you think CD Projekt Red were uh we're anxiously awaiting? Yeah, I mean after Witcher Three, I'm not going to question them on anything. Game's fantastic. <laughs> the thing that has me con- not concerned but interested about this specific date, like we don't have release day for next gen consoles. I'm not saying it's going to be November 19th, but it's. I mean, you would assume it would come out around November, anyways. Like, does this? Yeah. Do you think this is a launch game for either one of those consoles? I very well could be. I mean, holiday is always a very vague term when you get to say holiday 2020. And you go, well, is it coming out on Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day? Like, the holidays is a big, a wide region from mid-November all the way to January. So I think they give themselves some leeway on purpose. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's just, you know, CD Projekt Red trying to say, like, here's this game the week before Thanksgiving break. You'll be able to do something with it on Black Friday, I'm sure. So, I mean, I I don't know. It could very well tie into that. But we already know it's coming to this console either way. So it'll be on Xbox One and PS4 and everything. And then, you know, yeah, maybe it's it's the very, you know, the very end of the generation. It literally comes out when the next-gen consoles are already out. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, regardless, you're going to be able to play it if you have any of the consoles so it doesn't really matter um i'm just wondering if it you know it maybe frames a release date i i'm kind of hoping the next gen consoles come out before that because that is like right before black friday and i kind of like to have a little more time for it to breathe but it just being on everything tells me that they'll probably be out about that time yeah and that's what you'd figure too that you know the consoles want time to let it sell normally for a couple weeks or, or longer and let it get it's you know it's real sale value for however long and then they can do something special on black friday and maybe package it with something or you know maybe it comes with one of the games that's there at launch but it would be strange for them to come out with it on a date like the 19th and go this is the day the console launches and next week black friday's there with a sale on the console that'd be very strange yeah i'm not sure if that it would have to it would have to be a package deal it'd have to be like you're still buying the console at full price but you'll get X new game at discount price if you bundle it, blah, 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 something like that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, either way, the uh, 
talk about working on all consoles. Also, smart delivery. All your, uh, I think, I know for this game specifically, Microsoft confirmed like, yeah, your save data is going to cross over. So if you play it on Xbox One or Xbox One X or whatever you have, and you get a new console, you know, January, February, whenever your taxes come or whatever, your save, it'll all, you'll get a free upgrade and your save will transfer, which is always nice. You don't have to worry about starting a new game or anything. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's it's kind of groundbreaking stuff that I think we're really looking forward to with the next gen. And, and they've already, we, you know, we knew Smart Delivery was doing it for the Xbox. Now we know that Cyberpunk has got something like it prepared for PlayStation to do the same thing there. So that's... um. It's very exciting for gamers in general to know that, you know, a lot of those big choices that we used to have to make in the past for, you know, where do we buy this game and do I buy it here knowing I I want to buy it again and however long, like, they just say, nope, no decision to make. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm I'm the person who I own Overwatch on, on three consoles because I want to be able to play it everywhere with all of the different people I play games with. And, then, oh, man, it would be so much easier if I just had it once and play it with everybody. And then they've already got the part, you know, Overwatch 2 will carry over your next save. So they kind of figured out that part. But the more games start doing that, the, the better it is for all of us, you know? Yeah, I think more and more people are trying to do. I know, like, specifically with EA, they're just like, we're trying to do crossplay on everything. So um, that's And we'll cool get that. into that later. News yeah, on that. Know. All right. So November 19th, get hype for Johnny Silverhand. It'll be a good time. All right. So next up we have, this is a, th- a thing I don't care about. But a lot of people are excited. New Crash Bandicoot, Crash 4, it's about time, officially announced. It'll be released on October 2nd of this year for PS4 and Xbox One. Um, it's Crash 4, even though there have been about seven or eight Crash games or whatever. I think they made a joke about that. But an official um, sequel, I think, I'm pretty sure by the, by the yeah, the developer of the, uh, the, re, uh, uh, the remake. Insane Trilogy, yeah. Yeah, well, I know they did Spyro Reignited. They might have also done the uh, Crash one. So yeah, Crash 4, coming out this year. I don't care. I'm going to be very honest. Do not care. Didn't play those games. I played the demo on PS1, because that was the demo I think everyone had. And, uh, I mean, it's fine and all. I'm happy for the people that are happy for it. Yeah, I never owned a PS1, and I didn't own a PS2 until I had already owned like a 360. Like I got that pre-gen, trying to play some stuff that I missed. And those were never really the ones that made it to me. Like, I'd played a little bit of them at people's houses, you know, during their, its heyday, but uh, not much more than that. But it is cool that there were, this is the actual first Crash game, you know, narrative Crash game to come out in, I don't even know how long, um, since Crash 3 came out. But uh, very cool for people who are fans of that. Very, very good trailer. Uh, I'm... You know, it had Rockefeller Skank by Fatboy Slim on it, and I am down for anything that gives me that music. Uh, that that was wonderful for me. And yeah, I did appreciate the their little meta joke about, wait, we've only defeated this guy three times, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I thought there was nine Crash games, are you sure? And they, There yeah, are so, no. many, uh, so many unnumbered Crash games. Side piece games, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's nuts, but uh, yeah, happy for those people who enjoy Crash, and from what we can tell, it looks like it will not be a timed exclusive like the Insane Trilogy was, and it will just be on uh, at least PlayStation and Xbox right uh, when the game is ready. So, Also, he looks very nice. I love the way that the character... I like the kind of the whole art style of the game. Again, I don't care. I'm not going to buy it. looks real pretty. Yeah. That's what counts, you know? Exactly. That's the number one thing. 
Uh, all right. So next up, we have this is I'm gonna let you take the reins on this because I've played Smite uh, maybe a total of three hours of my entire life. But this is some interesting news. So I'll go ahead and let you take uh, take point on this. I also don't play much Smite. I I only I, there's only so many MOBAs you can play in your life, and I've committed way too much time to League of Legends to really commit too hard to another one. So I uh, I did play a bit of Smite around the time it was first coming out and enjoyed what little time I had with it, but. Uh, the real news that they just announced is that they are adding some new characters come their uh, July release, and those characters hail from something I care very much about, uh, as Adam can see my shirt here, and that is Avatar The Last Airbender. So Aang and Zuko and Korra will all be coming to Smite uh, as of July. Um, and that, for a game that's Almost entirely all of its characters are characters from, you know, different cultures, theologies, and lore, and people like Thor, and Aphrodite, and all sorts of different characters, and, uh, and now Avatar has made it into that, um, into that pantheon of characters, as far as I'm concerned, and I very much appreciate that. You know, I, I, I don't play MOBAs, and I don't play Smite a ton, like I said, but I do love Avatar. So that gets me interested. That's the only reason that news is here. I maybe I'll play Smite for one day in July and go. Oh man, look at that! Look at that. Uh, Core is there and and uh, Naga, our polar bear dog. Oh man, this is great. And then I'll never play it again. Probably what will happen. I mean, I don't blame you. That'd be really cool just to watch and see what those characters do. Because despite despite a great world, they never really managed to turn out a good Avatar game. I know, right? The Legend of Korra one was good. It's not bad. And all of the actual Avatar proper ones, like I have the one on the PS2 on my shelf right now, and it was it was what it was. <laughs> so even if they just are hinting at the possibility of something, what with a resurgence on Netflix, then I am A-OK for that. If they're fun to play, that, that'll be the most you can ask for, and it'll be good. Yeah. Alright, so... I, this to me is one of the two biggest stories of the week, but Suicide Squad slash Batman games, Rocksteady, all of it is confirmed. So that's it. What we some kind of Suicide Squad? Uh, so I'm just looking at a uh, story from IGN. A new report claims that Batman Arkham Studio Rocksteady is the deed the developer behind the Suicide Squad game mentioned in the donate domain name registrations. So earlier today there was. Two uh, domain name registrations from I think WB Games. It was a Suicide Squad, and then a another game titled Gotham Knights. So, um, and then it has been confirmed that, uh, according to Eurogamer, uh, that Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League is the Rocksteady game that apparently is going to be coming out on next gen. And then the Gotham Knights would be the WB Montreal game, the makers of Arkham Origins. And it's supposed to be a Batman Court Isles game. So, um, supposed to have both games shown and at the DC fandom event. So, two Arkhamverse games supposedly being announced really soon. The fact that Rocksteady's back, I'm happy, dude. Those are some. That's my one of my favorite trilogies of games ever, the Arkham trilogy. And then WB Montreal Arkham Origins was fun. I had a good time with it. Uh, I don't think it's good as the rest of them, but it's still good. But if we get multiple Batman games and Rocksteady's back doing something new, but still in that universe, like I'm hyped, dude. Like I will, 
I will literally salivate all over this microphone whenever they finally show us those uh those trailers. I'm I'm with uh Insipid Ghost. Like, let's go. I'm excited by any Batman news. It was his exact quote, and I mirror that exactly. I might. This is all very cool theoretical news, is my take. Uh, Rocksteady's been telling us absolutely nothing for five years since Arkham Knight came out, and uh, it's like a cool little, like, oh, well, they reserve this, so oh, man, maybe that means there's something there. Now, until I see Batman on a screen or the Suicide Squad doing something and the Rocksteady logo, I don't trust nobody. You're also right. <laughs> until they show me something, I do not believe you. <laughs> I don't trust nobody. We've done this every time. Every E3 comes and we go, I wonder what Rocksteady's working on. Are we going to get a new Batman game? And every time they say no. And then until this news that just came out, uh, the first glimpse of hope that it seems like there's been. So I don't know. I don't know who to trust. Until I see it and know that it's real, I'm I'm still holding out reservations. But I'm, uh, I agree with you. I really did enjoy the Rocksteady games. I really, I like Darkham Knight a lot. Um, and uh, I think I played that one the most out of all of them, actually. But yeah, no, that one was great. I, yeah, and I enjoyed Origins, too. So um, I think they can give us some quality content if it's real. Um, but uh, yeah, I wonder what a Suicide, Suicide Squad game is going to look like. I don't... You're right. I don't I, You just use the different heroes. It's Rocksteady, so all we have to go off of is Arkham. I'm sure they... I don't know if they made something before that. I, who cares? Um, yeah. I don't know what other kind of game they would make. I mean, you get to use the different characters in Night, like you can use Robin and Nightwing and stuff, but they all fight similar to Batman. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be something new and interesting. It'll be different for them for sure. Yeah, I assume it'll still be very much in the same realm and style of the Arkham games, but more just, um, you know, is it is it a choose your character and play through and, you know, pyro acts differently than Rick flag does, or, you know, or maybe it's like, um, a narrative force swap thing where this section of the game, you're playing through with this character and now you're playing through with this person. And there's maybe little mini trees that aren't ex- extensive as like Batman's like equipment upgrades. He can get in the Arkham games cause you're splitting it. However many ways they decide to go with for the suicide squad five or six or however much, but, um, but yeah, just the uh, the idea of that alone is always... I, I enjoy things like that. I loved the X-Men Legends games that, for the first time, really let you play as just a whole slew of characters and kind of get that experience of playing as whichever one you wanted or, you know, just having some variety outside of playing as Wolverine every single time. Uh, so if that's what this game gives you and you, they get to say, like, here's Killer Croc, have fun, then I'm in for it. Um, give me Deadshot. Let me play. Let me play Slipknot. Let me not die in the first ten minutes. Yeah, you to play Slipknot, and it's the it's the quickest platinum ever. It's, that's all it is. <laughs> Just knock it out. Uh, also, if you listeners happen to uh, enjoy Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad related things, now's the time for a shameless plug. Uh, Adam and I are in a, another. We have another podcast together that is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that we put out and release on Sundays uh, called The Isle of Misfit Rolls, where we play as criminals turned heroes, classic Suicide Squad story, bad guys, dispensable, saving the world, and all that. And it's, uh, it's a good time. I figured it was topical, and I have no shame. 
Don't plug, plug away. I would say in that game, I would be the Captain Boomerang of the group. You're Captain Boomerang? Sure. Just because I like him in the animated show. I thought he was really cool oh, <laughs> as a okay. kid. I liked him a lot. I don't think I have a proxy for my character in the actual Suicide Squad. Killer Croc, for sure. Pyro. Maybe Pyro. Yeah. No, there's literally a Killer Croc in our campaign. You're right, you're right. I'm wrong. A hundred percent. Our lizard folk ally is definitely the one who's Killer Croc. That's Maybe true. I'm Pyro. I set some yeah. stuff on fire occasionally. That's true. Alright, so, on to the last news story. <clears throat> the, big, the big one, I would suppose. Mixer, uh, rest in peace, especially been cancelled. Uh, Another story from IGN. Microsoft has announced that we'll be shutting down Mixer, and on July 22nd, we will redirect all Mixer sites and apps to Facebook Gaming. Um, so it's it's gone. It's done. July 22nd, you will no longer be available, and it's not even like a partnership with Facebook. I think it's just like go to Facebook because we're not doing anything anymore. Some of the top streamers, um, specifically Ninja Shroud, um, they are now free agents. I think they were offered a to keep their contracts or get paid out and they said we'll get paid out we'll be free agents so all these deals that they made about a year ago bringing some of the big names over from twitch those those guys are made their money and they're free to go um let's see i believe i do have phil's specific words on it yeah phil spencer uh speaking to the verge um we started pretty far behind. This is talking about Mixer compared to uh, Twitch specifically, I suppose. We started pretty far behind in terms of where Mixer's monthly active viewers were compared to some of the big players out there. I think the Mixer community is really going to benefit from the broad audience that Facebook has uh, through their properties and the ability to reach gamers in a very seamless way through the social media platforms Facebook has. So they, I mean, you know, he's just saying, hey, Facebook's a good, t- a good time. And I guess I believe all the people who are partnered with Mixer are they're given it's like hey go over to facebook and they'll kind of you'll become partner and they'll whatever streamer streamer jargon right so those guys are being taken care of in a way but yeah mixer is just kind of out of nowhere today they're kind of done with it and to me from what i'm reading it just seems like it wasn't worth it anymore like there we made we developed some technology we had an idea it never really took off it's not really worth the investment anymore is the way that i took from it and now let's say Ninja and Shroud are richer for it, and people are back to, to two options. So I don't know how much of a streamer dude you are or how much you watch it or whatever, but uh, how do you feel? And really quick before you do say that, though, like Insipid Ghost wrote it wrote in, um, being able to stream to Mixer straight from your Xbox and not having to have like a PC set up and run OBS and all that stuff was very useful and very nice, and now that option might be gone for people. So it's going to – I think this is – I like Mixer personally. Um, you know, I, I stream whenever I streamed, honestly, I streamed to every streaming platform at the same time using a thing called Restream because I'm like, whatever, who cares? I'm not partnered. Um, but it, it was a really good service. I liked it a lot. And for the people who that was their only thing, it's going to be tough. But I mean, I guess it's just how the world is and when things don't work out. But uh, how, how are you feeling about the whole stream, the streamer wars, I suppose? Yeah, I have no experience with Mixer at all. Um, I have never streamed myself, uh, so from the actual streamer side, I don't have an opinion on if, which one's superior or what. I just have no experience for that, but I mean, going off what someone like Insipid Ghost is saying, if you do primarily your gaming on the Xbox and just having it straight away, the same way Twitch is integrated with the PS4, like, 
it couldn't be more convenient. And now it's just some extra steps thrown in. So I know it's going to be inconvenient for the people who do stream specifically on their Xbox, which is big for, you know, a large portion of people you'd assume. Um, and then the streaming I've watched was, I, I just always went to Twitch. So it was what I knew. And I think Mixer knew most people were like that. So they were trying to, you know, make a big splash out the gate and do the stuff with Ninja and try to get these big streamers over there. And, I know they got some like views up. They got some bonuses because of it, but I think it just wasn't enough for that trade off to be worth it. The money they were putting out didn't equal the you know the money they were putting in. Obviously, they just thought it was better to cut ties, which is uh, and yeah, very interesting to see like it was all you know out out of all of uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? All of a sudden, Jesus Christ! <clears throat> uh, yeah, really all uh, out of nowhere for these people who. You know, if they use it on the daily and now on a on a random Monday, they have to now, you know, reconfigure their whole setup and see what they're going to do for their stream. So it's, you know, a big con- inconvenience for them. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to see the most out of this. But, yeah, if Facebook streaming, huh? That's yeah, they've that's been doing it. Is this, I know they've been doing it. That's our. <laughs> That's Basically where we're going. A lot huh? of users. Yeah. I mean, they're just trying to help the guys out. Yeah. So really here, if you know anybody who's primarily a mixer streamer, like whenever they switch, wherever they decide to go, Facebook or Twitch, just support them. Cause you know, I know how hard it is building a new audience and uh, yeah, having your audience there and now you don't have it anymore. That's tough. So just support your friends who, who stream and, you know, jo- you know, join up and watch them in for the next month until it closes down and figure out where they're going. Just support your support your friends making good stuff because it is definitely hard to start from start from nothing. So, uh, it's the nice part too is I guess that I guess I did say that they would have to figure it out all of a sudden, but I mean, I guess if they have you know, yeah, a month to prepare, you know, it gives people time to figure out what the right move is and get time to get it out to their audience, you know, to know where to find them. I guess it's not as bad as I initially thought. Yeah, it's not super fun, but it's not the worst thing ever. So yeah, like I said, good luck to those people. Um, you know, best wishes going forward. And yeah, Mixer was good because it had low latency on the on the playback. So, anyways, all right. So that is all for the news this week. We've already had took our listener question, so we're gonna go on to our main quest of the show. Yeah, Mr. Robo, where are you off to? Stop! I'm already late. Late for what? And we're going to be talking about EA Play Live recap and our thoughts. Conference EA had um, this last weekend uh, about all their their games coming out for the next year. Some next-gen stuff was in there. We're just going to not necessarily go over every every little thing, but overall, what were your thoughts on what EA showed us? Because... I mean, in in lieu of E3, this EA Play has kind of been a thing for a couple of years. So what are your thoughts uh, top to bottom? What, what do you like? What do you dislike? So my overall thoughts are that I, I got a very meh vibe from the, the show as a whole. Let me be very clear about that part. Um, uh, just because, they, you know, they, they did their EA stuff and they were like, hey, man. Here's two sports games that we make every year. And just like we talked about last time when they did the 2K spot on the PS5 show, it's like, yeah, now they're sweatier than ever. Now there's uh, it's all the same stuff. So, you know, there's always portions of that and lots of portions of, you know, 
games that already exist that are getting, you know, mild upgrades and stuff that are cool, little quality of life things. Um, but there wasn't much in the way of big news. But that all being said, my disclaimer out of the way, I absolutely love Hazelight Studios. Uh, if you're not familiar with that studio, it is uh, Yosef Fares' studio. Um, they made Brothers and A Way Out, uh, the Fuck the Oscars guy, if that helps. Um, but they announced their new game they're making called It Takes Two, and I can't wait. I played uh, A Way Out with a good friend of mine, and I'm sure we're going to play this together as well. And that was big for me. That one probably went under the radar for a lot of people, but Brothers and uh, and A Way Out are both fantastic games that I would recommend to anybody, and they're both very short. So it's not like it's a big time sink, and they're great stories and narratives about you know cooperation and stuff. And I played Brothers recently, years years after it had come out, and it oh it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's a wonderful time. Um, also, uh, news that excites you, I'm sure. Apex Legends is officially coming to Switch and adding oh, full yeah. support crossplay to every system. So as as the the Apex Legends player of the group, whatever you know limitations you had with friends of yours to play before, uh, out the window. As soon as uh, as they just said fall twenty twenty, so you know when that actually means, who knows? But but that's big. Uh, and then the thing we're both very excited for, I'm I'm sure you will cover in a second. Was there anything else that uh, you know, early in the show, or you know, talk more about Apex? Oh yeah, well I'm excited for. I think I was more like fifty fifty on the show compared to you. Seem a little bit lower on that. The main thing that they were like, it's a lot of their stuff. All their, I'm not gonna say all, but a lot of their games are getting crossplay. A lot of it's coming to Steam, so all their stuff's gonna be everywhere. Play it with whoever you want. The Apex stuff I'm very excited about, uh, specifically the crossplay with Switch because this is a dumb reason and whatever it is, what it is. Whenever Fortnite first became crossplay. You get one friend to play on Switch, and then everyone else plays on Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. And then you play against the Switch kiddos, and you give them the business, because Switch kids suck at Battle Royale mm. games. And it's so <laughs> fun. Again, it's dumb. It's not really a real thing, but it's like, man, let me just dump on these these kids using these Joy-Cons, man. It's so fun. But just taking advantage of poor children. Imagining, yeah. imagining the mouse and keyboard crowd against Joy-Cons is kind of hilarious. That's the thing. I can't really talk too much, Matt, because the minute I go up against a PC dude, he's going to destroy me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to get big on PC. But I just think it's cool that Apex coming to Switch. In all honesty, it coming to Switch is pretty cool, so I can play that. You know, If I just go somewhere where I don't want to bring my console, I can still play Apex. Um, again, I'm a really big Apex dude, so it's cool. And again, that's cross-play across everything. So it's like, you can play on Switch, they can play on PS4, I can play on Xbox, and everyone can play together. That's dope. I like that a lot. Um, I'm with you about the the Hazelight stuff, I have not beaten either of those games, but I like them a lot. I need to finish them. You're right, they're not super long. I need to get back. Oh, Brothers took me like three hours, and I waited like eight years to play it, and it was one of those games that my, my good friend, the same friend that I played a way out with, just shamed me for for so long. Because every time we would talk, he'd be like, did you, did you beat Brothers yet? Did you beat Brothers yet? It's three hours. Literally like not even your whole night, and you're done. Like, what are you waiting for? And I was like, ah, I'll play it later. And I did that for a very long time. And as soon as I actually beat it, I regretted that decision. I regretted, the, I, re- I regretted the last eight years because of how good it was and how much I enjoyed it. I should have played it long before. And I recommend that to everybody because it's so fast. It's available everywhere and it's super cheap on Steam and stuff. So 
Mm. Um, it is wonderful. And it is, we talked about this last week too. We talked about it when we were talking about Deathloop, about how gameplay affecting narrative. And Brothers is one of the best examples of that than any games I've ever played. Yeah, with the whole controlling both. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I know what happens at the end. That's real cool. Um, what did you feel well, about don't... Lost? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, then don't play it then. <laughs> that, was, that was part of what made it so great. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Don't, I, don't, I, don't look up the ending. For those of you out there who don't know yet, if you haven't heard much about this game, don't look up anything. Just get it and play it. Don't be like Adam. Don't be like me. I literally go out of my way to look up spoilers for things that I'm not going to play day one. I do that all the time. I do it for movies. I do it for games. I, I'm weird like that. I just don't care. I'm just like, oh, that sounds cool. I need to play that. Or I need to watch that. I, I guess I can't play. hate too much. I've debated doing that with The Last of Us 2 because I didn't, see what happens. I didn't love The Last of Us. Um, it was it was a fine, good game. And uh, I'm definitely not eager to you know jump on it and play it immediately. But everyone's talked so much about what's in the game and all this and spoilers and kind of just want to find out because I don't know if, when I'm ever going to play it. Um, so there's there's a little bit of that. But I'm definitely not like that with every other game. <laughs> not, I not with random titles. It's like, oh, here's an indie game I may or may not play. Let's look up the ending. <laughs> I'm an insane person. You're a I'll, monster. I'll do it for everything big and small. Uh, How do you feel about Lost and Random? That one kind of intrigued me by the developer that made Faye. And it's the dice, like, the dice companion little Tim Burton-looking game. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I don't, it, it doesn't immediately stand out. It's like, oh my god, that looks incredible. But there's definitely some interesting stuff to it. I, I'm, it's one that I'm going to need more details on, because I like the idea, if there's actually, like, aspects of randomness related to it, like, related to that dice, your dice companion that follows you around, and or if it's just their, uh, you know, their narrative way of having it make sense that a dice is with you, I don't know. But uh, that too, if it's always going to be a three whenever you get to this part, or if it actually be different. Yeah, like depending on how that plays out, I could, I could really get into that and you know play with you know the RNG of it and you know what the dice rolls turn into. We're we're tabletop players, of course. We like dice rolls, so uh, that's that's part of it, I'm sure. But um, but yeah, some of the actual gameplay looked interesting, like. Some of the combat looked like there could be some cool stuff there, and uh, and it looked nice. It was I, the art style is interesting, and uh, I always like games that um, that their art style will will age well, and that looks like the kind of game that you know whether you played it on day one or or you know however many years later that the game is what it looks like, and it'll look fine, you know, far down the road and still be a good time. I, I enjoy when you know. They build in a little bit of that uh, aging into it. Yeah, no, it'll be cool. Uh, just going to rock arena. Let me tell you, that game's going to fail real bad. We'll continue to move on. All right, let's get. Don't on. care about that at oh, all. Boy, that's going to do bad. Oh, I don't care. So I guess you were going to before you, you know, ask me my opinion because I'm just going down this list at this point. Uh, was it Star Wars? Uh, yeah, it was Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about it last week, and we got all of the answers to the questions we asked. Um. Yeah, we were wondering how it was going to differ from Battlefront and what they were going to do to really, you know, make it stand out. And and I I feel like we got that answer. Oh yeah, for sure. I I liked how it it is very much well the first person thing, but it's very much a flight sim. It's not just you know like the whole thing about like 
pushing your engine, taking power from your shields to push the engines and cut the engines to do a 180 flip. And then I'm like, okay, here we go. Like this, that's going to take me a while to master, but I'm all about like that in-depth kind of, you know, and especially because it's calm and Star Wars. Like so who cares if Star Wars will play it anyways. But yeah, we got information on the campaign about the multiplayer modes, you know, the ship uh, classes, everything. And I'm like, I'm down. And it's crossplay, of course, everything they're doing. And yeah, I just like the real crunchy, in-depth, flight sim idea and i'll see if i'm actually any good at it but i'm very excited yeah well i like the idea i think it, it to me it came off not so much like how the actual old old school like flight simulator games are but more that you just had so much more control over the things your ship can and can't do like you said like you know shifting power from weapons to buff your shields and shifting the shields from the front to the back, depending on where you're taking fire. And as soon as they just added some like arcadey actual gameplay elements to what will still be like a fun, a fun flying game. The first person thing is going to be a little strange. I have never been able to play racing games or flying games or anything in first person. Like I, I've never been able to figure it out. So I, that I'm going to have to learn, but I'm going to learn as I want to. And I love what they broke down, what the multiplayer is going to be where, you know, they showed us that we're essentially going to have, like, the, the different ships they've broken into, like, class types, where you've got support ships and and big offense ships and the bombers and your mobility, and they've, uh, they've really given it some, you know, some actual definitions to what those ships are and, and what they can do and some of the abilities they have, and it really makes it feel like it's going to be a more, you know, cooperative element to the game, where... The same way you you pull up your your uh, you know your team on TF2 or Overwatch or any of these class based shooters and you go well we have a lot of this but no healer so I'm going to play as the B wing so we can have blah 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 or we, you know we need the interceptor because we have no mobility we got to get to the back line I love that kind of stuff and for them to put it into the Star Wars game is I'm a okay with it yeah I'll just say two word U wing my favorite ship design. I know it's a newer one. I love the way the U-Wing looks, and it's a support, so I'm like, hey, I can support in the coolest ship in the game. <laughs> yeah, Ca- Cassian Andor is with you. He, uh, he's, I don't know if he's he's a support, I guess, but his ship very much is, and uh, yeah, I like that, uh, I like they've broken it down like that. I hope just one of them is a straight-up healing ship. <laughs> that's, that's all I need. I just need to play as healers in these kind of games, and, uh... Shooting out heal boat. Heal lasers. Yeah, a heal boat. Yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> However they need to figure it out. It's got the little R2, like, little arms that pop out, and I can just pull up next to a ship and start, like, you know, I don't know. I don't, think they, I don't think they showed that, but I... That's that's the first DLC I'll need. First character yeah. added. <laughs> it's just R2 with his hover boots on. How about that? Does a little scream as he goes across space. Yeah, I can fly ship to ship and land in their little pod, and he, you know, that's what I'm here for. But yeah, it looks great. Uh, October second, they did see. I watched a little interview. No, no uh, plans for next gen kind of upgrade kind of a thing. But hey, if you're playing on Xbox Series X, you're going to be full backwards compatible. So there you go, guys. Fun times there. Sure. Xbox One. Actually, I think every game that's supposed to come out in the next four months has to be backwards compatible on both consoles. But anyways, all right. Um, for me, after that, uh, the next-gen stuff, well, they really just showed kind of like tech stuff, but it looks real pretty. Like the stuff for Bioware, all like the little... for the dra- It's Dragon Age, all the... Uh, what do you call it? Like the landscapes in Dragon Age. Looks real, real nice. I saw Battlefield stuff in there. Looks pretty. That's what I'll say for sure. 
Yeah, they they definitely snuck in some some games into that, and I don't think they really labeled much of anything. They just showed like this is a Bioware game, and you know you'd assume it's the next Dragon Age. But so I don't actually know what a lot of those titles were. But you know, always cool to see you know the new tech and how everything's gonna look, and even little teasers of stuff. I'm in. I'm ready for Bioware to redeem themselves. Um, as my formerly favorite company before Obsidian took over, I'm I need them to really come through for me here. And uh, I love Dragon Age, and I just want them to pull it off. Because I'm I'm tired of defending them when I know that I shouldn't be. <laughs> oh man, they their record's like eighty percent. It's really good. It was great. It was a phenomenal record. And even then, even people hate on Andromeda more than they should. I I really like Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, that game's still like an eight out of ten. They just happened to put out three ten out of tens, and then people were like, "Well, this one's only an eight. Yeah. I don't like the way his face looks." And then, then you play, came out. Did you play Horizon Zero Dawn? Everyone loved that game, and the faces looked worse. Yeah, I, play, I then, played them. Right, I played them right next to each other. I'll try to pretend that they weren't. And then, and then Anthem came out. Anthem actually even, sucked. So. <laughs> I don't have much to say about that. The gameplay was fun. Gameplay was fun. There you go. And but I yeah. can't. I'm not saying anything else. I'm using positive language to reinforce my thoughts about a company that I love, and I want them to do better. The gameplay <laughs> was fun, and that was. <laughs> only part of it but just really quick in that section though they showed uh like a little tech test of a building falling down looks real real nice real real pretty let's get that battlefield let's bad company three let's get the stuff actually blown up again i'm down for that but anyways the main thing this is i mean once this happened i literally just tweeted out skate Four. like i love how ea will do this like once every eight years where people really really want something and they're they're gonna lose money on it but they're like Sure, guys, we'll do it. We need we need to have some positive publicity. Here's Skate. We'll make it for you. Whatever. They did the same thing with Mirror's Edge. It's like no one cared about that game. And then they were like, hey, we want Mirror's Edge for seven years. Like, here, we'll give you another one, I guess. But yeah, Skate. Let's go. There's. It's crazy how we had no skateboarding games. My friend who actually likes skateboards and everything was pointing this out because he loves this stuff. We had almost no skateboarding games for like eight years besides like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5, which was apparently really, really bad. And now all of a sudden we've got like Skater XL and Session and Skate 4 and Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Remake. Like all of a sudden this year we're just getting all the skateboard games. So I'll play one or two of them because as a kid I was all about it. So, But that was definitely like the one more thing get hype moment for like the million people who won't stop commenting on every EA Instagram page. Just Skate 4, Skate 4, Skate 4. So I think it was pretty cool. <laughs> You're right over there? Oh, oh, my bad. Were we, I'm sorry, were we in the middle of something? Do you not like I Skate? I don't care at all. <laughs> don't even that's, care a little bit. That's uh, the, no, that that's, was. No, you're good. That's the one white people sport I get down with is skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> that was me exaggerating for comedy. No, I don't, I, I don't care. I haven't played a Skate game since one, and it was whatever. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm happy for those people. Who shouted from the rooftops, like you said, and they finally got the thing they wanted. Hopefully, they actually support it and buy it, and you know, show their worth, make them you know aware that listening to fans is a good idea. Yeah. Hey, I bought um, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. I was I one of those people who <laughs> I did what I said I was going to do. So you guys need to do the same for Skate. Yeah. So enjoy it, all of you out there. Otherwise, you wasted a lot of people's time. Uh. 
including me. I was I was really and and this is getting unfair treatment because every time there's a oh and here's one more thing, it always my heart just races a little faster and and my eyes get a little wider and I lean forward a little more. And then every time it's just like, oh, is that? Okay. And then I sit back and I go back to what I was doing. So every time there's a, oh, and one more thing. And then I just, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know what, I, I don't know wh- what I was hoping for. It's probably, probably just another Mass Effect or something. But I mean, you're I hoping some, for Mass Effect trilogy is what you're hoping probably for. Probably trilogy remastered was probably what I was hoping for. I mean, now maybe people will scream that at every, all of their, you know, streams and comment sections for the next however many years before that happens. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 taking out my my one last thing frustration on skate. It's not your fault, skate. Those guys in the interview on EA Play seemed very nice and very excited about the game they're making. I hope they do a good job. For all of you out there who want this game so bad, I will play Tony Hawk Underground uh, or Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two Remake. Oh yeah, me too. I very much enjoyed all of those games. I played Underground One more times than I sh- should be able to count. That thug. Yeah, that's what happens when you get a game like on GameCube for Christmas when you're like 16 years old and you like live out in the middle of nowhere and don't have that many friends. You're just like, there's no games to really play online. It's the GameCube, so I'm just going to beat these however many games over and over again, and that was one of my selection. Can't can't tell you. I remember a lot, way too many details about that game that I should not because it is a skateboarding game story mode. <laughs> Yes, that's very true. I did like that. Game. <laughs> it's very good. That's like that story with just like being the only game you could play is like me and uh, NCAA football two thousand five. But anyways, we'll continue. Oh, did that too. Madden 04. One of the best soundtracks in video game history. Lots of the two K games, NBA two Ks. Yeah, spent a lot of time doing fantasy drafts and making as weird of teams as possible. And yeah, when you've exhausted everything in the game, you're just oh like, yeah. Let me just make teams and do ridiculous stuff. I would do. I would try to pick weird stipulations for myself for like fantasy drafts. Like, all right, I can only pick people from South America in this fantasy draft. Let's see what kind of team I can put together. And it's like, all right, I got Manu and I got Luis Scola. <laughs> Let's see what we got. And uh, yeah, that was that was my run of routine. So games like Tony Hawk Underground and The Sims Two busting out a lot of replay oh, value. Busting a lot out. of replay value. anyway sorry that'll be it for our main quest next in the show my favorite section what we've been playing i'll just go ahead and start it out um west of dead which was the game actually i think i talked about on the first episode randomly uh it came out on game pass just like friday or saturday it's just like the full game i didn't know anything about it it was just on there i downloaded it been playing a lot of it west of dead it is it is dead cells in the Wild West purgatory top-down shooter, twin-stick shooter. It's very interesting, and I liked it a lot. It came out of nowhere, and I've been excited for it, so I've been playing a little bit of that. But then the main thing I was playing, like a crazy person, uh, I was playing Arkham Knight. This is before any of the Batman news. I played about... Oh, because they tell you percentage. I went from about 40%, now at about 86%. Over like the last weekend, I played that mm. a lot. Um, I don't know why, because I have another file that I'm only missing like three Riddler trophies. But for some reason, I'm like let Ugh. me just go to another game. There's so many Riddler trophies in that game; it's ridiculous. That was but where yeah. I stopped. That was where I stopped. I I did all all of the 
potential side quest, and except for the Riddler trip was the only thing that I looked at that, and I was like, how many is there? What? Nope, not doing it. Exactly. Did, every, did everything else in those games, and I, I was like, stop. I would much rather start a second playthrough then go exactly dig, what I dig did for three Riddlers. Yeah, I think you made the right choice. <laughs> so yeah, I had a, a fantastic time with that. And then all this Batman news, I'm going to go back and I might just find a guide and finish that out, get that 100% on that other save profile with the Riddler trophies. But anyways, what about you, Jake? Uh, so I have uh, I've been doing a lot of reading this week, um, specifically for a, a new uh, tabletop RPG we're going to be playing. So that is a game that we will be playing soon. Just kind of doing some prep for it. So uh, in my actual video game time, I've pretty much only committed to playing our Game Pass weekly game for this week. It's all I've played, except for mobile games at work. Because, you know, those don't count. But uh, yeah, I've been playing our, our Game Pass weekly game, game we decided on last week that we would play through the week this week, which was Streets of Rage 4. Yeah, I mean, we can just go ahead and get into that. I mean, as far as for Game Pass... You know, it's the same games we talked about last week. The only new releases was just West of Dead coming out of nowhere, um, which are Throne Breakers now officially available, and there was one more that's officially available. Bard's Tale. Bard's Tale. Yeah, those we are talked about now. that last week. Those, yeah, those would be coming out. They are now on there. We did not see any news about games leaving Game Pass, at least not for this month. Probably nothing will leave until July, if that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, West of Dead was the only new thing that we hadn't touched on since our show last week. So, we'll go ahead and get into review for Streets of Rage 4. I'll let you start, because I had real conflicting opinions on this. I went up and down. I got a good amount through it. Um, but I'll go ahead and let you start, because I was real negative whenever we talked in part, or, you know, before. And then I kind of got went back up, then I went back down. And I don't know. I'm all over the place. But I wanna, what do you think? Because you actually finished the game. Yes, I just finished it today, uh, and I unlocked two of the not mandatory characters. I'm assuming there's only two. There's one more. Well, there might have been three. But they, you, un, you can unlock the old original Streets of Rage 1 characters uh, as the option. So yeah, so I uh, I did beat it. Um, not a very long game, which is fine. It's an arcade game. Expect that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I kind of was the same way. There are parts of it that I liked. Um, it looks beautiful the art is all great from you know the backgrounds to the actual character models all look really good and um the characters that are that they did make are you know the models are fine and there's some cool bosses <clears throat> and uh i like the music a lot a lot of great music on each individual level and um that part was all good i uh it was just so slow i don't mean the like the pacing of the game or, you know, like, moves quickly enough as far as not much of a narrative to it. There's something very basic they kind of threw on. Um, <clears throat> and they do little little still shot vignettes through each level. But um, the actual gameplay is just the walking of the characters. Like, for this to be a game that came out in 2020, and three out of the five characters don't have any way to, you know, dash or run or make any sort of movement across the screen, it just felt crazy to me. Like, I, it started off strange, because I played the first level with um, with the girl Cherry, who's the character that wields a guitar, and she is the one character who can run. So I started off, and I was like, oh, this is cool, we're running, and we're doing cool combos, we're doing running attacks, and popping it off into specials, and lots of cool stuff there. 
And then I was like, all right, that was cool. I'd like to try one of these other characters now. So I picked um, uh, uh, Floyd, I think, was the is the big guy. He's got big metal arms and stuff. And then I was like, all right, well, this guy can't run, but he's the big guy. That seems like a fair trade. He's, you know, that's his deal. I, I get it. So I beat that level with him, switched to, you know, the very the vanilla guy they always put in these games that's just, he just does a, a, a Shoryuken and, you know, he's very, he's very much Ken and Ryu. Um, and it, uh, he also didn't run or dash or have any sort of, it's just kind of like walking at people who can all move faster than you. It feels so strange. And there's parts where it's very frustrating that, that, you know, that's the case. And if you get stuck in a weird loop where you can just keep getting hit by the enemies because they move faster than you and you have no way to get up to them because your characters don't have any movement abilities and it. Very frustrating, but then you unlock a, a fifth character at one point, but maybe a third of the way through the story. I think that sounds right. And he's got a dash, and his dash tag is great. And I did not switch characters the rest of the time. And from that point on, I enjoyed it a whole lot more because I finally I found the character that did the thing that I wanted it to do. And um, there are parts that are frustrating, but it's meant to be like a nostalgic arcade game. So you know, losing lives and dumping in quarters is you know part of the rotation. And uh, once you actually beat the game, you unlock an arcade mode that is exactly that, where you get your character's three lives, whatever you start with, and that's it. See how far you can get with just three lives, and that would be, oh my, that would be unbearable. So, I mean, good good luck for those. If you're, if you're into, you know, doing that to yourself, have a great time. I'm not that kind of gamer. So I, uh, I beat the game on normal. And I went back and played some levels, like up my skills, like up my, they give you like little ratings at the end, you know, S through D or whatever. So went back and did those and that was it for me. I think I'm done with Streets of Rage. There is like a versus mode. It could be interesting. A little bit of like fighting game aspect where, you know, kind of one-on-one fights. Then maybe there's something there. I've watched a little bit of like Justin Wong uh, playing some of it on his social medias and him just finding weird Streets of Rage combos is always good because he's a monster. But that's uh yeah I don't think I don't think it's gonna be for me for too much longer. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I started the game. I also played part of this in co-op back when it first came out, which I think might be again. You're right. It's very much supposed to be an arcade experience. So the game is what it, I think the game is doing what it's supposed to do. But like I I first did co-op. I used the big fake jacks, the big black dude with the metal arms. Um, and he was so slow, and I was like, yeah, I'm using the tank, dude. And then I, when I went back and played by myself, I used... It's either Axel or Alex or generic generic guy number one, like you were saying. And I played four or five levels as him, and God, he was, it was off. I hated the game. I was like, like you were saying, he's so slow. Everyone is so slow, and it's just it just wasn't enjoyable at all. And uh, I absolutely hated it. I was like, this game is awful. I was like, I don't even know if I want to play this game. I switched to Cherry after we had talked the other day. And she's much better because I can actually continually dash. And it was fun to actually be able to move. And then I unlocked that extra character. And I enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, but I just don't know if this kind of beat-em-up game is for me. There are beat-em-up games that I like a lot. Like I like Ninja Turtles. I like Scott Pilgrim. And I know people like Streets of Rage. And I liked the old ones when I was a kid. But this one wasn't for me, man. Again, there was you. they give you these you know, four or five characters. And you can only use two of them. Which is fine, I guess. Yeah. But they don't tell you. I mean... They don't tell you anything. It's an old school arcade game, but I was just for me to play it that way because someone someone had told me play that first guy. He's solid, you know. He's all around good character play with him, and I hated the game for that. So maybe that was me listening to bad advice. But 
I, for me, like I, I didn't finish it. I got nothing to level six or seven, so close to the end, but I'm never gonna play it again. It's halfway. There's twelve levels. Yeah, I'm never gonna play it again. I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I love a good beat 'em up. I have spent countless hours going back to you know Final Fight on Super Nintendo or Final Fight two or three, whichever one that I played a lot of on emulators and. Turtles in Time, I still play about once a year. I, I have the cartridge for SNES, so I'll pop it in and play that. And uh, and my girlfriend's store has an arcade in it, and they have that machine. So anytime I'm killing time or hanging around with her, I'll go pop a couple quarters in and have a good time. But And uh, all the way up through, you know, Knights of the Round, and then Castle Crashers, and Scott Pilgrim, and Charlie Murder. Like, I will sink hours and hours into a good beat-em-up. And this is just, it's not one of those for me. It's got potential, I guess. Maybe there's more to that versus mode for some people, or maybe it's uh, maybe there's, there's things that they have that other games I you know enjoy don't have. And it's worth saying I did play it entirely solo, or I did not do that with Castle Crashers. I did not do that with Charlie Murder, because those came out on 360 and had the benefit of you know online multiplayer, and it's wonderful. But um, yeah, maybe that would maybe that would make all the difference. I mean, you'd have to tell me how those first couple levels went. If those are more fun. By yourself versus, you know, versus playing it with a friend or if there's like scaling, you know, it's like Diablo where Diablo's minions go stronger because there's two of you or if it's just the same and you can kind of wail on people. Yeah, I don't know. It seems easier, but also he had already beaten the game once. So I guess he was decent at it, but it seemed a lot easier than trying so to he do might, it by yourself. He might have been carrying you then. Yeah, hard to tell. Maybe so. It, but, that was one thing I noticed too. Is I, I when I played the first level, I got like a D on my score because I like had I had one life left by the end, and I'd used all of my like special star abilities to pop stuff off. And the more of those you use, and then you you get less score at the end. So I wanted to go back and try it one more time on that first level and crushed it. No lives lost, no specials used. Still only pulled a B. I don't know what you're supposed to do there, because I got like at one point a 50 hit combo, so I thought I was getting good points in. So I don't know, maybe there's more to that, but trying to keep a combo run through the whole level. But it definitely, once you play it through all the way once and you go back to the first level, you wail on people and the little things you kind of get the hang of and are much better. But um, yeah, I'm with you. I think I'm I think I'm done with Streets of Rage four. Yep, I say if you're a super hardcore Streets of Rage fan, check it out for sure. I'm with you. There are better beat-em-ups out there that I would rather play. The real question is we need to answer is, are there better beat-em-ups on Game Pass? I don't know. We'll have to go and look at those. We'll find out. There are others. Yeah, because out. there are, you know, certainly better beat-em-ups out there. And I know Castle Crashers is getting, you know, newfound support on multiple places on PC and stuff, and that's that still holds up fantastically. Yeah. Um, awesome. And yeah, there's stuff out there. Hopefully there's stuff on Game Pass. At, at the rate, uh, I figure this would be a good way for us to write things for this segment. You know, that's, is it worth your, if you have Game Pass, is it worth your time to download it and commit some time to playing it and have a good time? You know, is it worth like buying it or is it just a full pass? Pass or Game Pass kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I would say if this is your genre, definitely worth the Game Pass download if you've already got Game Pass. It's on console and PC, so you got availability in both places. And uh, and it's there. I don't even know what the running cost is to buy it if you don't have Game Pass, but I would say there's there's better options out there if you don't have Game Pass. Yeah, for me, it'd be a hard pass, unless you were a super <laughs> hardcore Streets of Rage fan and had a bunch of friends going to play it. I, there's better options. I don't know about on Game Pass specifically, but I'd rather spend $10 to get 
Castle Crashers remastered and play that. <laughs> I would rather spend the money in my pocket and have Game Pass than do this. Yeah, specific to the genre, it's it's a Game Pass. If you don't care much about side-scrolling beat-em-ups, it's a pass. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, so that was our in-depth review of Streets of Rage 4, which is available on Game Pass. Uh, feel free to give us suggestions on what to play uh, a game for next week. But we have picked a new game, and I guess we want to torture <laughs> ourselves. Jake has some more, has some free time at home for the next week. Um, we're gonna play Kingdom Hearts three. We, I think we dumped, we dumped all over the Kingdom Hearts game last week because we just don't play these. We're like, let's do something crazy. So we're gonna play as much of Kingdom Hearts three as we possibly can, <laughs> and, and come back next week and talk about it. Oh, yeah. uh, I've never played any of these games before, by the way. No, I played a handful of hours of one way after it came out, just just to try to just to say that I, I dipped my toes in the water, and uh, I didn't understand the story then. Uh, there's no way I'm going to understand it knowing that I haven't played 2, 1.5, 2.5, 3-over-6-8, Chains, Release, Memories, Hearts Battle. Um, uh, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to know what's going on. So. Anything we talk about next week will be just a, a narrative spew of us trying to piece together lots of things, I'm sure, that makes no sense. And if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, feel free to make fun of us. Or send us a, a the most sensical short summary you can. And I know that is an uphill battle, but, you know, if you have the time and energy, I'm sure we'll appreciate the help. Oh, I would but, love to have someone, a fan, listen to us talk about it and try to explain what we did wrong. But it does have some good things going for it. And that is that I like Disney. And that's the only thing. <laughs> I like Disney, and I know there's a Pirates of the Caribbean level, and I love Pirates of the Caribbean more than anything I like else Square. Does Square still makes these games, right? I believe so, yes. So there's that. I generally like Square's work. Uh, and keyblades and, and your 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 Noctis <coughs> and your Sephiroth and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Do we or go to Snipers. do we go to Mulan in this game? I have no idea. I know there's Toy Story World and there's Pirates World. Do we go to Mulan? Do we go I'm, to do we go to the island of Matanui? I'm pretty sure that Mulan two features heavily in the game. Mulan two? Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I, I never, no, I, I never I, watched I, that one. I haven't either. <laughs> I, I swear. For as much as I like a lot of Disney movies, I don't think I've ever seen a Disney sequel in my whole life. Mostly they're real bad. Except for Rescuers Down Under, which I will say was better than the first one. And that movie holds up phenomenally well for it to be old. Like, the art is beautiful. Like, the part where the big eagle, like, flies over the little kid's head and the feathers. Oh, man. I watched it not too long ago, and that movie is just a gem. We'll see if the rescuers are in this game. I bet they're like a summon or something. God, please, please give me this that little mouse with his with his Kangol hat on. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, Kingdom Hearts three <laughs> next week. All right, that'll be it for us today. Thank you for joining us this week on Xbox Quest. Please leave a five star review, share us with a friend. Also, feel free to follow us on social media at Xbox Quest. If you want to join in on the show, suggest a topic. Tell us how you feel about the Game Pass Weekly game or just ask us anything in general. Feel free to shoot us an email at xboxquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Jake, for joining me on our quest. We will continue our journey with Xbox next week. Have a good one, y'all. And we out.